You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. And I'm Joe Iconis. On today's episode of the Album Podcast, we're going to be talking about Helen Sharp, an epic manifesto as written by Joe Iconis and sung to the heights by the great Lorinda Lasitza. The song is inspired by the Robert Zemeckis film Death Becomes Her and my own jealousy and bitterness at those around me. Well said. It's the truth. Check out the podcast. Here's some more dirt. <laughs> that she's accomplished all my dreams then some more then some more then some more then some talent sharp yeah what a song thanks i wrote this song the summer of 2017 mm-hmm. and uh like many of the songs in the album i was feeling very frustrated and annoyed with my career and my place in the American Musical Theater. And I uh, wanted to write a song that was about jealousy. And because I was feeling feelings of jealousy at other people who I perceived as, as having the kind of success that I, that I uh, wanted and still want. And it's something that, that is, um, it's, a, it's a constant thing in, in my life, looking at other people and, and feeling like, I wish I, I had that. And I think that it's a constant thing in most artists' life. We just like rarely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to write a song that was about that and the anger that comes with with that and the sense of like not wanting to turn bitter, you know. And because I just having a you know having a, a career in the arts, uh, it's I it I've seen so many people go to the dark place, you know for good reason, because it's really, really hard to do this. And, and especially if you're, a, you know, I think if, if, if you're anyone, but it, if you're like an actor for sure, um, and you know, I feel it as a writer or, or anyone, you, you, it's really easy to get beaten down, especially if you're someone who's a lifer, who's you know, been doing it for so long and mm-hmm. wants to keep doing it. It's really easy to get discouraged. And with all of those you know, years of disappointments and rejections, it adds up and mm-hmm. you have to consciously try not to become bitter, to try not to become someone who's just angry at the world and, and moving about life with nothing but, um, you know, jealousy and anger and, and, uh, and, and bad feelings. And so that's what, that's what the song is about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like this is another one where you perform this most often, but has anyone mm-hmm. else performed it? No one else has ever performed it besides me until now. Wow. Yeah, there Lorinda is the first person ever to perform it who yeah. is not me. Um, and Lorinda never did it in a concert? No. I have a memory of her doing it in a concert that I've conjured in my brain. You've conjured it up, yeah. yeah. She's never done it, and it's it's a crazy song. It's it really is like it's very it's huge. It's like a it's like one of my it's like fire and brimstone. Like it is like a big like belching furious song, and um and and you know should say that like many others on the album, inspired by a film. It's inspired by Death Becomes Her. And, um, and something I always loved about Death Becomes Her, uh, in addition to how like sort of lurid and, and kind of um, uh, trashy, classy the movie is, uh, it's, is that it is, it's a movie that's about, it's about jealousy mm-hmm. in a way that many pieces of art aren't. And, it's, and the way that that movie dramatizes it is by using, you know, like plastic surgery and zombies and like the living dead and Beverly Hills and all that. But I, I always thought it, the, the relationship between uh, Madeline Ashton and Helen Sharp, uh, Madeline Ashton is the, the Meryl Streep character and Helen Sharp is the Goldie Hawn character. I always thought that relationship was so interesting and, and, and really kind of like weirdly moving. And, um, and so it felt like a great, a great vessel with which to write something about about jealousy yeah. and about me as a writer feeling, you know, feeling resentment and feeling like, you know, this longing and of, of, of wishing I had what, you know, insert X person's name here has. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and so, so even though it's written from the, the, the point of view of Helen Sharp, which is why it's called Helen Sharp, even though her name isn't in the song, um, it's, it, it is very much something that feels really personal to me. This is another one where I feel like this is as autobiographical as any song on the album, even though yeah. it's, you know, using, it's using the, the situations of Death Becomes Her to tell the story. Um, so because of that, I did it for the first time when I did a solo show uh, the summer of 2017, and then I've done it a few times since, and it's just one that, like, I connect with so deeply that it just kind of makes sense, I think, for me to sing it. However, in the back of my mind, I always thought if I had someone else sing this song, it would be Lorinda Lisitsa. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorinda is an actor who I have known since, since NYU. I, she, um, I first saw her in like thesis readings of other people's shows and was so like, who is this woman? There's no one like her in the history of like, they broke the mold, they broke mm-hmm. the mold, she's not a type, she's not, she doesn't fit in a box. It's, the, she, the box is Lauren Elisitza, she is her own box. And, um, and, and she was in uh, this thesis musical, uh, one of my, I, I wrote two thesis musicals in MOU, The Black Suits, and then the show called Plastic, uh, which had words by the great Robert Maddock, and I co-wrote the music with Reza Jacobs. And Lorinda played this totally unhinged, character in that musical and um and i've been working with her ever since and she is so good at (laughs) playing unstable people yeah she is mrs claus in the christmas show Mm -hmm. every single year the uh, drunk mrs claus um she is a fearless actor she will do absolutely anything 
Um, the first time I ever saw her was in Triumphant Baby, which is mm-hmm. another show you wrote with Robert Maddock. And like, it's a tour de force for Lorinda. Yeah. And it's it's incredible, like what she did in that show. Yeah. Um, and she was in Rewrite, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in Rewrite, yeah, as um, uh, Miss Marzipan uh, and others. And she just, you know, her again, like so many people on this album, like her voice is so gorgeous and she's, she's such a great interpreter of song. So she's someone who could, she could just stand at a microphone and sing standards and you as an audience member would have a perfectly transcendent experience. Mm-hmm. Like she's so great at it. And it's like almost cruel that she's so great at that. And also is such an incredible, fearless actor and also so funny, like so truly funny. It's she can just do so many things so well. And I think that then when you can harness that and put it all together, um, you get performances like her performance of Helen Sharp, which is it's it, you know, what it, what she's doing technically is really stunning. Like her actual vocal performance is 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 really hard um, and and really gorgeous. Uh, but it's it's really the fearlessness of it that is um, it's just otherworldly. She's definitely like a fearless performer on stage where I think people get this in the Christmas show because obviously mm-hmm. that role is written as so Lorinda can like excel at that thing that she excels at. But I just feel like, yeah, it's exciting to see Lorinda in anything because you don't know how far she's going to like take a line or a oh, moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I mean, and the, and the answer is like, farther than you ever thought possible. (laughs) Like, there's just, like, there's no, like, she, you know, some actors or performers, they're, like, a little bit, like, below zero, you know, and and, and they tend, I tend to, I tend to like a, a performer who's, who makes big choices and who's bold and has personality and uh, is like firing on all cylinders from the top. Um, and I, I, I less respond to performers who like give um, what I would call whisper performances where you're just like, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Um, and Lorinda is just like, every choice is like a canon, yeah. you know? Um, and in the best way. Um, but what's, what's great though, and like, and you hear it on this song and I'm, I'm really proud that I'm involved with the song because I think it's an amazing performance. Um, she, she's huge and so in your face and it's like almost punk rock how, how huge she gets on this tune. But then there's also these moments where she's so quiet and so intimate and she sounds so like so wounded mm-hmm. you know and it's that like the huge position yeah yeah like those that juxtaposition that i think is something that makes her so special you know where she like i've, I've always said that i want to do a production of carrie with um lorinda and lauren marcus where they they swap roles as carrie and mrs white like every night um, because I think they both have that thing of being able to be like huge and crazy in your face and then be so good at, at, at being this kind of fragile, wounded soul. And, um, and, and Lorinda just, she just, you know, truly, truly breaks my heart uh, on, this, on this track. And the, you know, the orchestration of the track is something that is, it's one of my favorite 
orchestrations on the album and Charlie did such an incredible job with it and the, the players did such an incredible job. And this is like as big as, as any song and it's, you know, full like strings and brass and it just sounds massive. It sounds like, you know, like film score, huge. And, um, and the fact that Lorinda cannot, it not only carves out a space for herself in that massive wall of sound, but 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 matches it and sometimes goes over it is uh, is really really incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I'm so so proud to be associated with it. And you know the um, the the obsessive return to Madeline, 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 Madeline. It's you know it's the kind of thing where it's something that I. I find myself doing and I try so hard to to not where it's like all of the things that I am am unhappy about with my life whether it's professional or otherwise I find myself putting on other people you know where it's mm-hmm. like and I think it's something that, I think it's a natural thing because I, I see other people do it where it's like oh I didn't I didn't get this thing I wanted or or people treated me in a certain way they're not treating that person in a certain way and it's and that person that person that person has everything I want and it's so hard to not to not you know corral all of your your issues and all of your disappointments and then put them on someone else and, mm-hmm. and aim your your anger at another human being um, and so I try really hard not to. Um, but it's but I, I still do and and I think that um, that that really is like it's like that aspect of jealousy that I think yeah. is what the song is about and it's like and I and I and I you know I'm something I'm proud of in the song because I, I think I, I think I did an okay job of expressing this and something that I know Lorinda did an okay job of expressing it is like this idea of really trying hard to not be like that you know it's not just it's not just recognizing it and and being like this is how it is it's like desperately trying to pull yourself away from it but you just can't yeah. like you just absolutely cannot and even you know at the at the end of the song you know when she says that you know the bitterness becomes me it's just you know she's, she's like sort of you know succumbing to it and 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 owning it and being like well this is this is what it is and this is who i am even with that ownership she still has, you know, Madeline. It's it, Madeline still is is making her crazy. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and this is another song where I think that it could just go on forever. It ends because the song ends, but it could just keep going on, and she could keep finding new reasons to know that that Madeline is somewhere getting the thing. Madeline is somewhere being more bitter than she is, mm-hmm. and everyone else knows that Madeline is more bitter than she is, and everybody's talking about it, and it could just <laughs> go on forever. Which is also why at the you know at the very end of the track, after everything stopped, there's like there's one little Madeline like right before yeah. right before it's over, and it's like really that it's this idea of like it could just keep going forever and ever and ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In the timeline of things, you know, this song, as you said, you wrote in 2017. Mm-hmm. You know, if things had happened in a different order with Be More Chill, like, who knows if this song would exist? You know, it was like right when... Yeah. Everyone was like loving it on the internet, and kids mm-hmm. were like, "Why haven't I seen this show? It's my favorite show." Mm-hmm. And it hadn't happened other than the Two River production, which you know happened, yeah. and then nothing happened with it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that this song, while about many things, not just about Be More Chill, as you talked about, um, exists in the 2017 part of the timeline. I don't know. I just don't know if it would have been ex- in the same way. If- I I don't think it would have. I genuinely don't think it would have. Um, it's such a, it was written in such a specific moment, and 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 every time I, every time I I hear it or I I, I perform it, I'm taken back to that moment, and um, yeah. yeah, and you know, and I literally wrote it. I was I was on Long Island in my parents' house, and um, and I wrote it on on the piano that I played growing up, and I think that's part of it too. It's like. The song is like it, it's like kind of waltzy, you know, and it almost sounds like a waltz, like a kid would play. Uh, and I don't, I don't think I did that intentionally, but there is something that I think is like, you know, my fingers were touching the. These are the keys that I literally learned how to play piano on, um, and played for years, and would play like you know, medleys from Phantom of the Opera and, and Little Shop of Horrors and all these things. And it's like thinking about them, you know, thirty plus years later. Like my same my same fingers playing the same keys, and what I'm playing is like this song, yeah. you know, which is 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 um, is complicated. Yeah, um, I was gonna say if you were in a horror movie, I feel like any song you wrote on your piano in your childhood home would start to sound like Miss Saigon or Little Shop. <laughs> <laughs> like you yeah. wouldn't actually be able to write. <laughs> right, I just like couldn't yeah. Yeah, couldn't move my fingers from it. Um, yeah. I do have to shout out one more thing about Lorinda's amazing performance. On, um, uh, on at the end of the bridge, the um, and you know the, the bridge has the, the bridge. It's I want it to be its own thing. So there's there's lines in it that I that I think feel true to true to my life and experience, and and hopefully others that aren't literally from Death Becomes Her. And then there are lines that that very specifically reference um, you know Death Becomes Her. Uh, like you know, this idea of completely eliminating and um, and the, the you know and the cats that 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 Helen lives with. But at the end of the bridge, um, uh, when when she says uh, 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 and you pull pull a tub of icing off the shelf, which is something that happens in Death Becomes Her. Uh, Lorinda's doing a uh, total Goldie Hawn impression <laughs> there. If you listen to it, um, it's it's uh, it's very amazing and it feels kind of Easter eggy that you wouldn't necessarily notice. Uh, if you weren't, you know, listening with an ear towards Goldie Hawn impressions, but uh, it kind of is there, and I think it's very brilliant. That's related to my final question about Helen Sharp, which is, Mm -hmm. do you, when you're collaborating with actors on these songs that are inspired by films, are you ever like, hey, you should make sure you've seen this movie, or have you seen this movie? Like, do you Mm -hmm. think in every case where people have sung these songs, they even know the plot of the movies? No. And I, and I, I, 
I, I actively don't. And a lot of times when, I, when I've written these songs and I send them to people, I'll, I won't even talk about the movie because truly all of the songs that I've written that are inspired by, by, by movies, I want you to never have had to have seen the movie in order to understand the song. The idea is always that the song is its own thing, it lives in its own world, and if you happen to know the movie and you, and you, and you happen to remember it enough and you can spot the, the direct references and all that, great. I think it will only you know, enhance your enjoyment of the tune, but uh, the, the goal is that it has nothing to do with that. And so with any of these songs, and especially with this, it's never about like, you know, trying to recreate someone's performance or trying to, trying to recreate, um, uh, you know, an accent or a character or something from the movie. It's its own thing that sits outside of the, the film. And so, yeah, so it's, it's so funny. That's always the last, I just don't even think of it when I, when I do these songs. And, and, you know, and with Lorenda, like we, you know, we rehearsed it and we, and then in the studio we had tons of time and there was never a moment where she was like, do you want me to say this like in the movie or anything? And even that, the, the, the Goldie Hawn moment, it, Goldie Hawn never does the Goldie Hawn thing, you know, in, in Death Becomes Her. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it's truly like an Easter egg. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's always its own beast and the character is always their own character sort of divorced from the, 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 the piece of art that gave, gave birth to them. Helen Sharp. Helen Sharp. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.